Welcome to Talk It Out with Dr. Vince. This show is dedicated to the LGBTQ community and their friends. Join us as we discuss ongoing issues and continue to explore the life within our great community. Welcome back to Talk It Out with Dr. Vince and the continuation of last week's episode. We hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And so I interviewed Annie Lennox and I interviewed Miriam McCabe. And I interviewed the great jazz singer Anita O'Day, about mm-hmm. whom I'm writing a shorter book, not okay. not the kind of weighty tome that I normally write, but a, but a modest-sized book for a British publisher because she's one of the most fascinating women in jazz mm-hmm. history, also a heroin addict. I, who have never touched drugs, have mm-hmm. this brand of, of telling the stories of sick. heavily drug-addicted people. Wow, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and um, when did Peggy Lee happen and Lena Horne? Uh, the Peggy Lee book was published in 2014, but it's based on an article that I wrote for Vanity Fair that was published in 2002 when Peggy died. Peggy Lee had been a lifelong fascination of mine. Uh, Another great woman of mystery whose records I grew up with and who touched my heart so deeply when I was a kid and to this day still does. Peggy had a whopping stroke in 19, uh, late in 1998 and in 19, and, and seemed on her way out. And in 1999, I pitched a Peggy Lee piece to Vanity Fair. And they said, yes, the only feature I ever got to write for Vanity Fair, but I got a lot out of it because, let's see, at that time I was, uh, what was I working on then? I was working on Chet Baker and then I did Lena Horne. And Lena Horne came out, and I needed another subject for a book. And I thought, well, you did all those interviews about Peggy Lee, and you love her. Why not do that? And I was able to sell that book to a division of Simon & Schuster, Atria Mm. Books. And that book ultimately came out in 2014. I don't turn them out fast, Vince. I tend to get (laughs) so deeply into these people's stories. And then once I do, I see that they are all epic stories in their way that are emblematic of big American things, big big trends and big pieces of history that they somehow reflected or influenced. And then that that adds years to my writing process because right. I want these books to be more than just the story of a life. I want them to be a part a story about history. So, I, in in a nutshell, could you just give a quick synopsis of what Peggy Lee and Lena Horne brought uh, to this society, to our world? Lena Horne's importance could not possibly be overestimated. Lena Horne was the first black goddess in Hollywood. Mm, Good word. The first one, the first actress singer, but primarily singer, who got the full glamour treatment that the big white actresses were getting and who was tremendously symbolic to black America as a success story that had no comparison in those days. She was one of the most beautiful women in movie history. She was a great singer. She was an immensely charismatic presence on screen. And because of all of that, Lena Horne had a huge mantle to bear as 
a symbolic black figure who had to help lead the way yeah. from an unenlightened time to a more enlightened time. Right. Now, maintaining a career as a singer or an actor is hard enough. Imagine when you have this huge social responsibility Absolutely. on your shoulders. Right. And because she was so beautiful and so successful, people were not sim- sympathetic to the degree to which Lena Horne was struggling. Nevertheless, she lived her life with incomparable dignity Mm -hmm. and is an inspirational figure to this day. And that's the Lena Horne story. Great singer, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Stormy Weather. Mm. Stormy Weather (laughs) is her trademark song, and she starred in a movie in the early 40s called Stormy Weather. I know which yeah. was an all-black movie musical. Yeah, it's like Porgy and Bess. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. so much to say about her. But I will move on to Peggy. Peggy Lee and say that Peggy's story doesn't have that tremendous social mm. relevance that Lena's has, but Peggy, who began her career as a big band singer, a mm-hmm. famous big band singer in the 1940s, came from Jamestown, North Dakota, grew up uh, in in the North Dakota climate and recreated herself as this sultry, mysterious blonde right. who was, again, enormously enigmatic. Right. If, if you see Peggy Lee on TV, and there are a million clips of her on YouTube, she makes direct eye contact with the camera and right. hence with you, right. and she is singing right into your being, into your soul. And yet there are all these question marks swirling around Peggy Lee. Is that all there is? Her her huge hit record of 1969, this strange, endlessly fascinating song written by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller called Is That All There Is, which was this existentialist, partly spoken, partly sung statement that was just questioning what what does all of it mean? It spoke to all of us. Yeah. Yeah, and prior to that, Peggy had done the definitive recording uh, of Fever, which has been covered by many people, including Madonna. And she also, for Walt Disney fans, wrote the lyrics for the half a dozen songs featured in Walt Disney's Lady and the Tramp. I know. She was the the sexy cocker spaniel. Exactly, yes. In the the, uh, shelter. Exactly, yes. And so Peggy Lee was a woman of tremendous accomplishment. Amazing. And back in that era, we're talking about the 1940s, 50s, 60s, she was more or less a woman alone going her way in the male-dominated arena of show business. And she was leading a band, and she was calling the shots. And it's it's a form of feminism, I guess, when you enter into a, a, a man's world and you become as strong, if not stronger, and more achieving than most men do. Yeah, amazing. She was. Yeah. And I remember Ed Sullivan. When I think she was on Ed Sullivan. Many times. Many times. Um, well, thank you so much for talking about the ladies. Now I'd like to transition the last 10 minutes we have, uh, 10, 15 possibly, the George 
George Michael. Thank you for bringing up my most recent book. It came out at the end of June. It's called simply George Michael, A Life. Mm -hmm. George Michael is not a singer that I grew up with because Mm -hmm. my head was in the the past, way before George Michael emerged on the scene, which Mm -hmm. was in 1983, really, with his uh, boy band duo called Wham. George Michael was a British, not an American figure, Mm -hmm. and... George Michael is, was and is, he's no longer with us, but I hear him today and I hear a singer who is the equal of all the singers that we've been talking about and an inspiration for people like Adam Lambert who came along in a generation when finally young gay singers could be out loud Mm -hmm. and proud, which George was not able to be. George was a worldwide pop superstar who was in the closet until 1998 when an incident in a men's room in Beverly Hills forced him out of the closet. George Michael was a gay man who suffered from enormous conflict and fear about being gay. And it's easy to forget that in the 1990s, it seems like such a long time ago, and it was, but things were really rough back, even back then in the 90s, especially for gay men in show business, because celebrity gays were just starting to come out, to be pressured to come out, because as you know, there was a movement underway back then. Come out, come out, come out, yeah. Yeah, and people were being forcibly outed, and people were being pressured to come out of the closet in order to help the cause. It was a necessary but very difficult period for people like George Michael, and who saw, who sensed, or feared rather, that everything that he had fought to achieve might be knocked down if he if his sexuality were revealed and my book is all about the journey of this great and extremely troubled artist and what he suffered as a gay man and how he finally in the very last stages of his life, because George died at the age of 53 on Christmas Day of 2016, drug-related causes. Um, George at least lived to see an age of people like Adam Lambert and Sam Smith and, and many other gay pop stars who, who, who emerged in an era when being gay had become cool. Right. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's still, I say, uh, in, even with that, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've, ha- I've had some pushback. And when I've identified, even identified men as beautiful, uh, I t- we used this example of beauty. And I talked about male beauty. And I talked about, like, for instance, um, in uh, the movie um, Beauty and the Beast, where he transforms into a Raphaelic beauty, you know, in that image on the screen. And I got Snickers, and I got silence. So, where where did that here, happen? Here, here, here mm-hmm. at Long Island. Okay, but what was the the the, the source of those the stu- Snickers? Male students mostly, you know, straight male students who responded in that way. Is it because they felt that to call a man beautiful was somehow belittling or demeaning or feminizing? It was gay. 
That's what it felt. To call a man beautiful? To say that this was, uh, identify a man as beautiful and about Raphaelic beauty and stuff like that. So I was just saying that was one among among other times. I mean, I, I, you know, listen, I for me, I've been, uh, I've expressed this in the show, I've been attacked physically. I was, they tried to push me off a cliff. I was, uh, my partner at the time at the beach in, in L.A., I went, uh, joined a group of other people uh, um, who were who saw a young man being attacked at the, by a group of thugs, you know, surfer types, five of them. I thought it was four, but it was five. And they, we, you know, we got them off the beach. We scared them away, but they were waiting for people on the way out. You know, uh, it was a tunnel. I don't know if you know Will Rogers Beach. There's a t- <laughs> tunnel. And we went under the tunnel, and when we came up, they were sitting there like a bunch of, I, you know, I'd say vampire crows, but they were, uh, you know, smiling and like, hey, how you doing, fag? You know, like that thing. And next thing I know is we got in an altercation, my partner and I, and they separated us and they went at me, you know, four of them and went on him. But fortunately, they didn't know that my, bro- my husband, my lover, was a uh, roller derby. Uh, he was in roller derby. So I screamed for him. They bloodied me and they, I screamed for him. And they're trying to push me off a cliff. Yes. And uh, and anyway, the next thing I know, I felt this weight on top of me because they were all on top of me. I felt it lift, and that's because he was throwing them off of me. And we ran down the stairs, and as we were running down, there was a, a, a just ironically, there was a group of three gay men. Um, one of them broke a beer bottle and confronted the guys, and they immediately, you know, ran like chickens that they were. And uh, but we were talking for a minute. There was a minute of talking between the fighting and. And I said, you know, man, I've been with women. I said, you know, it doesn't mean, whatever. I try to, I just try to communicate in the middle of the nightmare. And I've had incidents where people have thrown bottles at me or something like that or called faggot. And, uh, you know, those things happen, you know, and it's in this, this is not that long ago. This was the 90s. And, uh, you know, this was the 80s, 80s and 90s. So fortunately, I haven't, you know, felt that, in, but it still, it always re- resonates in your head. You know, and that's why I'm so glad that it is getting cooler. It's getting more. But there's still people who hate us in this world, you know, and don't respect us and don't and want us to change and want us to. And young men and women who go conversion therapy still happening. And it's so I can't. It's cooler, but we're still not out of the nightmare because look what's happening in our world today. You know, James, I mean, you're you're a, a smart man. You see the world. It's like. Half America doesn't like the other half of America. The you know? impulse to hate people it's who so are strong, who are unlike you. Right. The 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 ways in which people feel threatened by that, right. and very often, obviously, people feel people whose sexuality is uncertain, right. confused, will feel, and who are troubled by this will feel very very threatened. Uh, Right. by people who are who yeah. are that thing that yeah. they fear the most. Right. This will never go away. I no. think it's a part of human nature. Unfortunately, I mean, you know, it's why I don't eat veal, I don't eat lamb, because of, uh, I'd, I'd like to have those as pets. You know what I'm saying? I can't even think of an animal being tortured or hurt or anything like that. Uh, and I think most people, I, but I believe, James, in, deep inside us, we are loving and want to love. When there was an incident, I cried about it a couple of week, a couple of shows ago, where there was a dog that got run over in front of me. I screamed, 
and I had my dog with me, and I ran to the person. I hugged the dog, and I got blood on my hands. And before you know it, I, there were 20 people around this ch- this animal. And like immediately, where's the vet? Get the vet. The vet's over here. I never seen people work so quickly, you know. That dog survived. It survived. It was those people, you know. And I believe in that. And, you know, we sing, talk about these wonderful singers and these role models. And then we... You know, what Lena Horne did and what Peggy Lee did in her own way and all and this uh, that you've written about. But George, it just pains me to hear that, you know, he's still tortured. That, you know, I mean, sorry, but doing the drugs to the point of killing oneself, mm-hmm. it's another Heath Ledger situation, which, again, doesn't have to be just gay. You know, but too many, and uh, this, this whole platform of the show is to prevent teen suicide, you know, and to, and, and, and to the opposite of uh, gay shame, which I say no more gay shame, is gay pride and the opposite. That's where that term pride comes from. It's the opposite of shame. Exactly. I would implore young gay men. And women and transgender. All of the above, but especially gay men because that's what I know. Yes, and I do too. Yeah, Yeah. To do two things that I think are very important, and one of them is know your history. Okay. And know the shoulders on which you stand. Yes. And know what people before you went through in order to create the Mm. life that you now enjoy. Yep. Very important thing for all of us to do. The other thing is surround yourself with the best possible people you can. That's what I did. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that has a huge impact Mm -hmm. on on everything to do with your, your life. Uh. Earlier on, I was talking about the books that I liked to read when I was a kid, and I tended to go for things that were a little too hard for me Mm. because I wanted to reach upward. Reaching upward is really important. Absolutely. Go a little farther than you feel comfortable Stretch yourselves. Expand yourselves. But most of all, the quality of people that you that you spend your time with. Yes. I always uplift you. I always wanted to try and be with people who were smarter, more experienced than I was, more accomplished than I was. Wonderful. Because it gave me something to reach for all the time. Yeah. Uh, A lot of this, this is a subject we could talk about for hours, but I have a very wise writer friend named Richard Lamparsky who lives in Santa Barbara and who is now in his late 80s and, and, the, and was the author of many books about show business that I grew up reading at the Yonkers Public Library. Mm. And on my refrigerator and on my medicine cabinet mirror are a number of, of things that Richard has sent me on little postcards, things I've written down that he said. And one of them is the following. He said, I'm paraphrasing slightly, he said, the the longer I live, the more I know, not think, but know, is that the bottom line on all of us is how we feel about ourselves. Mm. How we feel about ourselves. And if you have a low self-image, then you will make choices like George Michael did that will carry out your low opinion of yourself, that will reinforce it. Wow. It's hard to, to rise above a low self-image. It's, it's, it's so crucially important to living a happy life yes. that we learn to like ourselves. Yes. 
yes. not accept all, all, all of our flaws and shortcomings and so forth. You, again, you just have to keep reaching higher and higher and be very self-aware of all the areas that, you, that you're screwing up in. But uh, in general, a, a love and respect for oneself will will open all kinds of wonderful doors oh, for you in life. Wonderful. That's a wonderful way to end the show. Well, with I could, wonderful words. Well, you know. I could continue talking to you for hours and Thank I'm you. so we'll happy. Do this again. We'll I would have you back. I would enjoy that yes. because I I I enjoy being able to talk about these things with someone as sensitive as yourself oh, thank and you. I really well, thank you for having me here today that's why I've been doing the show for 11 years and they don't want me to go anywhere so you know that's I'm happy to be here being an educator and uh, you know ta- following this we have a Q&A with our students here hopefully marvelous some of them can be you know motivated to show up though they're being graded and uh, again have some incentive but again thank you for wonderful words I always love to end the shows with my guests about how uh, people can reach to you, reach out to you. Oh, I'm easy to find. Okay. James at jamesgavin.com, mm-hmm. jamesgavin.com being my website. And I'm on social media like everybody is. I'm easy to find under James Gavin on Instagram Instagram. and Facebook. And Twitter has never worked very well for me. So Mm. I abandoned Twitter for Mm. months at a time. I do a promotion there. I do. I'll I'll promote you on Twitter. That I would appreciate. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram are the easiest ways to get in touch with me. So it's James Gavin, G-A-V-I-N. Correct. Okay. James at jamesgavin.com is my website email. Excellent. Well, James, it's been a real pleasure uh, to have you on our show. And I wish we could have talked more about George, you know, because that's a whole plethora of stuff that I can think of regarding him. Well, maybe some of your listeners will feel inspired to go out and get that book. It's a fantastic and important epic story in popular music, but in also in in gay history as well. It's important. I mean, Elton John, again, his book, as well as others have written, it's really a teaching moment for these people that they went through what they went through, the personal angst that they went through, the self-discovery, the empowerment by doing what they did. But sadly, sometimes it ended, doesn't end all well, you know. And uh, as I said, life, human, being human, but loving oneself, okay? And this is, again, talked about with Dr. Vince. And uh, my message here is to uplift you, like James said, and to, ne- if you're ever feeling negative or, or low self-esteem, reach out to others. Find your support system. Don't keep it to yourself. Find someone to talk to. Uh, the people are there to listen, and they do care. And I, you know, so don't ever get stuck in that malaise. Move yourself up from the mud. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. This is Talk It Out with Dr. Vince. Again, thank you, James Gavin, for being our guest today. And stay tuned for future shows, maybe more shows with James. Thank you so much. This is Talk It Out with Dr. Vince on WRHU. 